Welcome to Headset, the podcast that examines the unique mental skill sets of elite athletes, performers, and executives. It is our goal to discover the various skill sets that these individuals use to get their heads set to perform. I got to tell you, I am so excited to talk to this guy today, uh, and it's been a while in the planning of, of getting Mr. Nick Vaughn on our pod to talk to us about what it was like to be a big wave surfer. This guy that we've got on today is a former World Surf League big wave competitor, Mr. Nick Vaughn. He hails from Los Angeles, California, and this guy is a complete man rocket on and off the beach. He's a guy who's going to share with us some insights of what it's like to literally tour the entire planet hunting down the biggest waves on the planet. We're talking nothing under 50-footers. We're talking five stories high. We're talking death-defying acts of incredible athletic uh, talents and, and guts, in my opinion. And, and to put it right out there, folks, like imagine this. You're out there trying to harness the power of Mother Nature with a 50-foot swell. And if you're unable to harness that, some of the other things you got to look forward to, oh, I don't know, uh, reef, rocks, and those lovely little creatures called sharks. So if the water don't get you, the other two will eat you alive, literally. This guy is, is one of those elite athletes that has tackled such incredibly, incredibly death-defying um, acts of Mother Nature, such as the big waves in Hawaii known as Jaws, or the big one north of California in that San Francisco area known as Mavericks. And there's been a couple movies uh, about that particular wave and, and what it's done to many, many uh, elite professional surfer. But I want to throw this out at you. If you're into the surf culture, if you're into um, seeing guys and girls just out there shredding it, um, going up head-to-head -head against Mother Nature, you want to check out some of Nick's um, YouTube uh, clips that are out there. And, and you also want to check out his website. And you can check out his website at nickvaughn.com, and that's N-I-C-V-A-U-G-H-A-N. Dot com, nickvon.com, or you can check out um, some of the clips of him on YouTube, uh, one of which that I would definitely recommend. It's about 50 minutes to 60 minutes long, and it's complete au natural. And, and, and what I mean by that, it's one of those videos that you can watch, if, if, again, if you're a purist, of guys out there shredding it. And, and there's no music in the background. There's no one commentating. It's just watching these incredible athletes doing what they do au naturel right there and then. It's incredible footage. And, and, and the main one that I'm talking about is one called Maiden Voyage. So if that's you and you're into that purist element of watching big wave surfing, check out Maiden Voyage. It's a great video. Uh, and our boys in, in it just... I don't even want to tell you what he's doing because I'm going to take away from the amazingness and mystique of what he does. But just to give you an idea who we're talking to today, 2015-16, he's a big wave world tour competitor. 2014-15, this guy was crushing it. Uh, during the, that year, he was the Surfer Pole Awards Heavy Water nominee. He was Los Angeles Surfer of the Year. Not a big deal. He was a Big Wave Awards paddle nominee for the largest wave paddled globally for the season. Hello, welcome to the game. He was also World Surf League Prove It Video Qualifier winner. Like, 
this guy is crushing it. And I don't even want to tell you more. I want to bring to you today our boy, Nick Vaughn, on the Headset Podcast. So check out our boy, check out his clips, and, and check out all the things that he's got to share with us today. And, and to give you a little spoiler, one of the things that's so amazing that he's going to be sharing with us today is the element of emotional regulation. The ability to harness one's fears as they get ready to engage has never been more appropriately discussed with an athlete of this nature. Um, we're talking about a guy who not only is going out there to perform and in doing such having to harness his emotions, it's important to remember here, folks, that for a guy like this, if it don't go well in that swell, you're not making it to the beach. So we're not just talking about something going bad in the game and we'll get it next play. This guy is putting his life on the line every single time he gets out there to do what he does as an athlete. So it's important to have that perspective. And, and, and with that, I bring to you today the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Nick Vaughn, big wave surfer. All right, headset podcast listeners today we've got a man rocket here with us he is six foot four 200 pound <laughs> hailing from los angeles california big wave surfer this is every california's dream of a man to meet and the nightmare of every father with a daughter this is who we're talking to today <laughs> everybody welcome to our podcast mr nick vaughn nick how you doing pal Oh my goodness! What an intro, a man rocket! I like that. Uh, uh, so, buddy, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Uh, I, I hope you don't get pissed off at me when I say this, right? And I swear to God, like when we do this stuff, we say hello to each other, um, and and then we kind of get started, folks. But but have you ever ever been told that you are like the the Clark Kent Superman version of of Michael Rappaport? Has anyone ever told you that? I'm embarrassed to say I don't even know who Michael Rappaport is. Uh, so so this, this guy is like this Bostonian actor who's super famous. He's a director. He's, he's been in tons of, of movies that you, you I'm sure would have heard of. And I'm like failing to remember any of them right now. The one that comes to my mind, I don't know why, is maybe one that he had like a, a lesser role in called uh, Cop City with, with Stallone. And that's me being a devoted Italian to the top Italian actors in the world, De Niro, Pacino, Stallone. Um, but, but this guy is just fantastic. He's funny. He's serious. He can do any version of acting you can imagine. And, and he's just a top notch guy because when you see the behind the scenes of him, he's so funny and so down to earth. It, it's, it's kind of refreshing because you don't see that in many like actors. But you are like, like the super, Superman version of him. <laughs> In my mind. Quite a compliment. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look him up for sure. Quite a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> so so I, I, I'm just going to dive into it with you, pal. And, and you're uh, a person who was on the, the big wave surfing circuit uh, known in, in the world as the World League of Surfing. But your specific event was big wave competition. So, like, tell me a little bit about how the hell did you get into Big Wave? How did, how did that fall into your lap? Uh, well, um, you know, I think I, I got the bug for it um, just as a young kid. I don't really know what the, the turning point was, but uh, I remember my dad, I had an older brother, you know, so maybe there was a little bit of competition there and I always wanted to kind of one up him and, and, you know, prove that I was better than him or, you know, whatever. But, um, my dad used to take us on surf trips and I remember one of my first surf trips I went on, I was like nine years old and, uh, you know, it was a bunch of my dad's buddies on the trip and they were all freaking out and I was just amongst it and they were all kind of praising me for that. And I, I didn't really think much of it um 
you know, and then kind of as I got older in high school, um, you know, it would be rare for it to get big, but whenever it did get big, I was just, I wanted to go to the apex. I wanted to figure out what was going to be the biggest, uh, you know, and, and be there with it amongst it. Um, so, you know, it was just always something that I, I really was drawn to, but, um, I never, until later, um, you know, through college, same thing. I went to San Diego State University, and there was a, a big wave spot just south of the border, the Mexican border there, called Todos Santos. It's an island uh, about 10 miles off the coast of uh, Ensenada. And so, you know, when I'd see these swells come in when I was in college, it'd just be like such an exciting adventure to take the car down. You know, you got to rent a, a, a fisherman uh, boat down there at Ensenada Harbor and you know, charge out 10 miles and then there's 20, 30 footers, um, you know, right for the picking if you want them. Um, so I had a couple experiences like that in college and, uh, you know, definitely helped with the women. So there was maybe a little lure there. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it, it was, uh, it was after college when I finally, um, you know, I, I studied finance in college and, and had a job offer from Morgan Stanley and um, just kind of came to a fork in the road of whether I wanted to kind of hang that side of myself up or give it, give it a real go. And so, um, yeah, I just decided, you know what, you're only young once. Um, and uh, a quote I love, if, if you want to taste the fruit, you got to go out on the limb. So, uh, you know, I just decided, let's go. I love it. So being, being a California guy, I guess the question that, that I would have is what was the family's response to this, right? Like here, they've got the, this great looking kid who's got a brain, he's studying finance and he's got a career like knocking on his door with <laughs> not too shab of a program called Morgan Stanley. This is kind of like the, the home run for every family, right? Kids gotten through high school, gotten through college all in one place. And now he's got a, a potential crusher job in his lap. And now we want to pull the emergency brake and go in a different direction and take on surfing. <laughs> How did the fam respond to that? Oh, man, you know, my, uh, my mom, of course, you know, her initial reaction was a little bit shocked. Uh, she comes from the East Coast. Uh, you know, she's very uh, conservative in that way. But, um, you know, she, she came around absolutely. And, you know, my dad was, he's always been so supportive. Um, you know, he, he had a quote when we were growing up, I love quotes, but, uh, he had this quote, if you can perceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. Oh, and, I love it. <laughs> you know, he was just like, let's, let's go, you know, what, what do we need to get you in the best, possible shape uh you know and to operate at your best to be able to uh to make it happen so you know he got me personal trainer um a guy that you know worked with kobe bryant and just got me dialed in with that um you know on the weekends i cycle with my dad we do like these 60 mile rides on the weekends and you know my dad was just was just there for me and i forever going to be grateful to him for that but um you know, he was just amazingly supportive, helped me out with that for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, there was a little resistance at first, but myself to that, that Morgan Stanley offer and I could, I could likely do it again, you know, when the time came. It, it, it's amazing how we all seem to, to pass over that undercurrent of the, the power of the parents that, that help us when we're, we're, you know, running towards these goals that we have and these mountains we need to climb. It's, it's amazing. And, and God bless your parents for being there and being so supportive. That's amazing. Oh my God. Um, I, I got to tell yeah. you, I, I tried to do a little bit of uh, armchair quarterback with you here and I more or less did research. And I'm watching this thing called, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the YouTube and uh, the YouTube it's brand new. It's on this thing called the internet. So I don't know if you're aware of what that is, but it's, yeah, I'll have to you know, give that a look with uh, Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a new fad 
and uh, I, I think it's going to be around for a while, the internet, but we'll see how this goes. Um, and I got to tell you, the first thing that comes to my mind, being a Canadian who, who like ripples in the pond make me nervous, um, I got to ask you about one of my, my three top fears in, in, in life. And the first one is, is sharks. Tell me about sharks, because... I did some research on some of these places that you went and surfed at. I need to know about these big fish. Did you see any big fish? I am very lucky. I've never seen uh, seen a big fish like that, knock on wood. Um, but, you know, there's definitely been a couple occasions where I, I could feel that they were, they were there. Um, you know, most notably, I, I took this trip to South Africa, uh, which was, the trip alone was incredible. This was early on for me, kind of right after I had made my decision. Um, this guy, Greg Long, who essentially you could call him the Michael Jordan of big wave surfing, um, kind of, he's a guy from San Clemente, so, you know, Southern California guy, and he kind of saw me making a push and uh, kind of took me under his wing and invited me to go to South Africa with him for two weeks. And, uh, you know, I'd never spent time with him really. And was just this offer, you know, kind of laid out for me. So got to go do that, which was incredible. But, uh, the big wave spot there is a spot called dungeons, which is off the tip of Cape town. And you have to, you take a boat out and you have to hop out of the boat and paddle through, um, a seal breeding ground, which, uh, Whoa. You know, it's it's just full of seals everywhere, and uh, oh. you know, lots of deep water, and you know what what comes with with seals. So, oh. um, luckily, you know, nothing happened, but that felt extremely sharky. Um, <laughs> you know, and then all sorts of spots up in Northern California um, are are just, as you know, there's just ton, tons of big big fish up there. I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't, God, you, you are so much stronger than I'll ever be. Oh my God. I, 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 I got out of sight, out of mind, man. I mean, that's, that's how you got to approach it. <laughs> so, so let, let, let's dive, dive into this. And, and I, I got to ask you, scariest, scariest surf you've ever been a part of. With all the crazy ones that are out there. And, and, and I've done a little bit of research, uh, again, on this thing called the YouTube. And they have some scary, scary, scary information out there on, like, the top 10 real death-defying surfs that are out there and, and waves that are incredible. Like, like there's this one called, um, oh, I don't know, Jaws. Can you tell me about Jaws? <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Jaws is, Jaws is terrifying from, uh, from when you pull up in the car, uh, to start your, uh, you got to drive through these pineapple fields and you get to the top of this cliff and it's, you know, it's pretty much a vertical cliff that you got to scale down, um, with a 10 foot board and, you know, you make your way down to the bottom. And as you can imagine, any surf spot that has, you know, 50, 60 foot, waves coming through there's a lot of water moving uh on the shore you know when it finally gets to the shore uh you've got essentially waimea shore break i don't know if you've seen any clips or photos of waimea shore break on the north shore which is just huge waves crashing onto sand um except at jaws it crashes onto like car-sized algae covered boulders so Whoa. you have have to make your way through these these slippery boulders with a 10 foot board time it to get through a set so you're you know you're jumping and paddling as hard as you can so that you don't get picked up and slammed back into the rocks like it's a common thing for guys not to even get past that before getting out you know seeing guys get picked up tossed just their boards annihilated in the rocks and guys just abandon their boards and they literally like climb and crawl to get out of there. Um, so you got to deal with that. So that was always terrifying. And then once you finally get through that, it's about a half mile paddle out and 
you know, of course, from the cliff, it looks manageable, uh, you know, half a mile away. And then once you get out there, it's, it's very, very real deal. Um, Hawaii always scared me because there was so much wind and just like the water and the power moving there was just so much, so much more raw. It felt like to me. Um, and so, you know, you've got extremely deep water, the, the, the playing field there is the size of about a football field. So, you know, at a lot of spots, there's a pretty defined lineups where, you know, okay, here's my safe spot. Here's the, you know, the, the takeoff spot. And there's a pretty much a fine line, you know, where you can kind of, you can ride that line a little bit and, and dart over to catch waves and then quickly get to safety with jaws. That's completely out the window. There'll be a 50 foot teepee that comes out of nowhere and breaks, you know, 30 yards wider than any set you've seen all day. And, you know, you're completely out of position. There's guys all around you. There's 10 foot boards getting tossed in the lip and, you know, you, you're maneuvering all this, um, you know, and really it, it would be like a good five, six hours of just trying to, uh, you know, line up, something that was a very calculated, uh, you know, risk that you were taking. And that, that's really what it was all about. And I learned that from the best guys is like, you know, there's so much risk. You just have to be so sharp, uh, you know, so that, so that you kind of live to, to surf the next session, you know, really. And, and if you can line something up that day that, you know, that was, it's worth taking the risk. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that, that really was every Jaws experience I had was just kind of riding all of that, that risk. Um, I had one, one day out there, which this was my, my closest to, you know, whatever drowning experience or just, just heaviest experience, really. Um, probably like 50, 60 feet, the, one of the bigger days I've ever, I've ever been out in. Um, you know, all the big name guys were out Shane Dorian, I'm sure you've heard of him, Greg Long, Ian Walsh, uh, Grant Baker, Twiggy, uh, all, all, all the best guys, you know, this is like the A plus lineup of guys. And there's kind of a, a North peak at jaws out the back. And then there's the West bowl. So if you take off at the North peak, uh, you can kind of bottom turn and, and try to pull into the barrel on the, on the West bowl there. So. I'm sitting out the back. I'm the furthest guy out. It was sort of like my, my shot. I was up next and uh, just this absolute bomb set comes through and Shane Dorian is right next to me. And uh, you know, I'm right in the spot and just need to go. And so, you know, I whip on this thing, paddle as hard as I can and I get to my feet. And as I'm going down, there's just a massive lump in the face that, can't really plan for that it's sort of just like a speed bump and you're going you know 45 miles an hour with a you know i was on an 11 a 10 6 that day uh so you've got a 10 foot six inch long surfboard uh that you're trying to maneuver at you know that speed over a big speed bump going down a vertical face and just hit that speed bump and when my board landed there was just so much board that hit water that it just completely stopped and so I cartwheeled at probably about the worst spot, um, you know, right at the bottom of this thing. Like what I think one of the bigger waves I've ever gone for. Um, and, you know, just what ensued after that was, you know, just imagine a car accident, you know, <laughs> just had this thing land right on my back and underwater for like a rag doll, you know, a dog toy in a dog's mouth, just ragdolling for probably 30 seconds. Um, and finally, when you, when you kind of start to feel it subside, there's a, there's a, a point where you need to pull your, your life vest thing quickly. Um, but you don't want to do it too soon. Uh, but as soon as it kind of subsides, you, you try to pull that and come up to get a breath before the next wave. Otherwise, you know, you risk getting a two wave hold down. So uh, I pull that and I, you know, it, it, it inflates and I feel it just pull me like a cork. And I could not believe how much speed I was getting, just really telling me how deep I was, mm. you know, how much speed I was getting coming up to the surface. And I 
came out like a cork out of water um, and, you know, disoriented, trying to figure out what, what was going on. And I, I realized that I'm looking at the cliff and I swiveled around and saw this wave that just looked like a, literally a CGI image or something um, straight out of a movie, like a 70 foot wave, just apexing about 20 yards in front of me. And, uh, you know, that, that image will be seared in my mind for the rest of my life. Um, but, uh, you know, just all you can do in that moment, that's what all the training comes for. You know, you just you can't panic. All you can do is take one big exhale, one big inhale, and then I just roll into a ball and just try to take it. And took two or three more waves like that until finally the jet ski got me and, uh, you know, got to the channel and was just coughing. And I looked into my hand and I had been coughing blood into my hand. Um, you know, full concussion, just full on, full on, you know, <laughs> the worst beating of my life, hands down. Oh, um, so that's, that's Jaws for you, man. That's my Jaws experience. Oh, buddy. <laughs> how, how, so, so let me ask you this. Is that the worst that you've had going through, through your career? Is that the worst? Oh, hands down. Yeah. So, so hands down in, in terms of intensity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So when, when you look back on it, do, do you hop back up and get right back at it the next day? Well, what happens to, to a person that does what you do? How does that work? Oh man. Jaws, Jaws. Definitely. Uh, I was, I was rattled, um, after that one for quite a while. Um, I actually definitely didn't surf the next day. I had a full concussion. Like I got back to the house. I was staying at a team manager's house at the time and got back to the house and just had to literally had to be in a dark room and put like a towel over my eyes and just like couldn't really, was super slow. Couldn't really talk to anyone and just, yeah, just dead from the experience, man. Um, so I didn't surf the next day and, uh, I was a little worried whether I was kind of going to be rattled from that for, for an extended period of time. Um, but it was cool. Then about a month later, there was a swell at Mavericks and, uh, you know, that, that day there was an opportunity that, um, it, it was about the biggest I'd ever seen Mavericks. And I waited like five hours and, finally this wave came through and I kid you not, it was an identical setup to the jaws wave. I was at the outer peak and took off, got to my feet and there was a step halfway through the wave and I just went off it and my board slapped and I just nailed the drop. And that wave actually, that one from Mavericks made it into the XXL awards for the biggest wave paddled um, globally for the, the, for the year that year. So that was like, for me, just a really big hurdle I kind of overcame, um, you know, and to have it, have it end up being in the XXL awards was just, you know, full, very full circle. So, so before, before I, I, I throw more stuff at you with that award that you received, can, can you tell people a little bit about the two waves that you're talking about? Because Jaws happens in, in Hawaii, correct? And, and, which yep. is Northern California. Can you explain the significance of these two places? And when we're talking big wave, let, let's create a scale for people to understand what big wave surfing is so that they understand it compared to what we see on television and, you know, at our, our local beaches per se. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, so there's probably about a half a dozen spots around the globe that get truly, you know, quote unquote, big wave, uh, you know, if you want to call it that, but, um, and those spots just have the right setup in terms of the reef and, and, you know, deep water to shallow water and the whole setup. Um, and on top of that, you know, these spots need a, a swell that is big enough to really turn them on, you know, and light them up. And so there's probably, about a dozen opportunities globally throughout the year. And, uh, 
you know, so that's really the life of a big wave surfer is being at home, training, staying in good shape, you know, staying loose and flexible and watching the forecast every day. Like that would be my morning routine. I'd get up and look at the global swell models and see where storms were churning. And, you know, if any of those were gonna, were gonna point themselves at one of these big wave spots. Um, so, you know, that was, that, that's how it worked. You know, so I'd be watching Jaws, I'd be watching Mavericks and you'd see a swell that, you know, that 50, 60 feet, what, you know, that's five or six stories high. So that's, you know, the size of a telephone pole or, uh, you know, a palm tree or whatever that that's kind of like the caliber of big wave surfing. If you're like, want to be competing with the real deal guys, you know? So, so when you're coming down from, from the top, what kind of speed are we talking about? Like when you talk about that scary moment at Jaws when you cartwheel, when, when you're coming down off of a five-story building, what kind of speed are you going at? I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I think, you know, people have said, uh, you know, 30s, 40s. I, I, oh. I've never been clocked or anything like that. Wow. But, um, you know, I, I assume you're going probably about that speed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so... Um, it's interesting. I mean, I never, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, please continue. Like, like I, I'm just fascinated because one of the things that you said a few minutes ago, you're taken off and then boom, there's a speed bump. Like, I, I got to tell you, buddy, I've got two speed bumps in my neighborhood before I leave my complex every morning. And if I took either one of them at 45, my, my car's toast. So like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you, that's like, you know, that's just the way it is. And some of those days when there's a lot of wind and chop, you know, you're just, that's, that's what we talk about with the risk. It's like, you kind of, you know, you're always assessing and, and even when you're, you know, something could look really good when it's hitting the reef um, and then you turn and start paddling for it and, and you kind of see the, the line that you'll have to take. And if there's anything in it, you know, a lot of times like that's what separates the A plus guys from from the guys that, uh, you know, are getting hurt is identifying that and uh, and, you know, deciding to hold off. And so you know, it's just always risk mitigation, really. Like that's, that was kind of the, the biggest thing that I saw the best guys are, you know, sitting for five, six hours waiting for the perfect wave that, you know, big size, good, clean line to it, um, you know, and then paddling for it and just really like letting everything align before you actually pulled the trigger on it. So um, yeah, man, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see that step in the wave, but a lot of times that happens too, just, you know, from, from the way the reefs formed and everything, you can't predict that. It just, the, the wave will morph uh, and you just kind of got to, kind of got to do your best to, to stay on the, on the horse, you know? Oh my God. So, you know, as you know, coming on this, this, this pod to talk, we talk about mindset a lot and, and you mentioned some of the things that you did physically to, to get yourself in shape, to even attempt to do what you did. And you were extremely, extremely successful in what you did. I got to ask you, you know, when, I, when I, I say, tell us a little bit about what it was like the next day after your, your, your wife out, what is the mindset of a big wave surfer when I hear things like, you know, extreme training, focus, patience like when you describe to me patience I, i'm going to be be honest with you patience for me when you're saying guys are waiting you know hours for the right wave to come the right set to come I, to me i can't imagine what fear is like and how that trickles into one's mindset when they're watching people ahead of them take on wave after wave and, and maybe be successful, maybe not be, but the amount of personal control, mm -hmm. emotional control and discipline you have to have to not only assess what's going on strategically as an athlete, an elite world-class athlete, but then also manage 
your your read and react, your your potential fear, worry, anxiety. Please tell tell me what what your head was like when you're engaging in this. I find this beyond fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was just, I was so like engrossed in it from the training and, you know, meditating and, uh, you know, just doing like everything I could to be on, um, you know, when the time came. And so the really, I mean, the fear came from like higher risk you know, like days that there was wind on it or days that, uh, you know, the swell direction wasn't right or just anything that would, you know, I felt like, ah, you know, this isn't, the stars aren't aligning here. And, you know, I've put in the financial commitment. I've, I've put in the time to get here. I've flown here. You know, do I push it today or, you know, is it better to, to, to hold off, you know, and, and be ready for the next swell. And, um, you know, that was kind of, that was the fear for me, you know, kind of playing that back and forth. But when, when the stars were aligning, man, I was just, there, there was no fear. Um, it, it, you just felt on, like it, it was almost like very primal. Like you tap into, uh, you know, what I imagine like a, like a hunter or someone, uh, would feel, you know, you just, you know, what, you're there to do, uh, you know, you've done everything leading up to it. And it's just at this point, like, there's almost like a calm to it, you know, like a calm confidence of just waiting for the right thing and then executing with confidence. It's amazing when you, when you describe this, right? Because a lot of people will talk about being in the zone and, and I've often referred to the zone as being in the eye of the tornado. And, and, and what I mean by that mm -hmm. is the people who have spoken over the years of being in the eye of the tornado, and it's that 1% you know, of 1% of 1% opportunity that exists in, in, the, in a human being's life, where you're in the middle of total chaos, and chaos is spinning around you, but yet there's this sense of quiet, yet we know we're in the middle of chaos but it's quiet and you're in the moment you're strapped in buckled up we're ready to go and it's quiet is that even remotely what it was like for you oh no it's that's spot on yeah man that's um that's exactly it and uh you know i i think i had mentioned to you before it it was interesting some of my best waves that I got, um, you know, I, I didn't even remember the ride until I would see the video clip afterwards and it would like bring back memories of the ride. Like, and I, I just attributed that to really like, those are the times when I was just fully immersed in flow and like, you know, having that experience made me realize that like, that's, that's what flow is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and just, just like I would study the clips in slow motion and just like not remember some of the minor adjustments and tweaks I would make, but, you know, seeing them on the clip, like, wow, like if I hadn't done that, like it was clear, you know, this could have happened or, you know, whatever, but just, yeah, pure flow, man. And you're just, everything's very quiet for sure. So when you're talking about the clips that you're watching, are you a big visualization guy? absolutely yeah yeah i did uh i did a lot of visualization um meditating for sure and and uh had some interesting um yeah i mean specifically one way that jaws played out like to a t the way i had um, visualized it which was very uh just powerful for me to, to see that in, in what way in what way buddy when you say that good bad like when, when you what do you mean by that good um you know this like my first my first wave uh like first serious wave that i got at jaws um well whatever notable wave i guess was um 
a, a barrel I had gotten out there, and this was early on. This was like I forget the year, but 2015 probably 2014, 2015, and not a lot of guys were getting barreled. And I had seen a couple guys get barrels out there, but it wasn't a regular thing like it is now. Um, and you know, I just I saw that and kind of saw the way the wave was set up you know i mentioned there's that north peak and then you could roll into getting tubed on the west bowl and i just like saw that and visualized that in my meditation and you know literally the next swell that i went there the wave lined up i took off it was like the view from from taking off and seeing you know down the face and seeing down the shoulder and looking out and seeing the cliffs and everything was like spot on to the to the visualization I had done and then you know the bottom turn and then the lip and it was just everything was to a T and uh, you know ended up getting tubed and making the tube and it was like at the time I was really you know I had very little like recognition or whatever like no one no one knew who I was at all or you know whatever but um, that was like a way that kind of put me on the map a little bit people were just like whoa who's this young guy from Southern California that just got barreled out of jaws. Like no one's really, not a lot of people are doing that. Um, so that was, it was just, you know, it was amazing to, for me to see that, that visualization just come to fruition like that. Wow. I, I, I'm just amazed with, with your story and, and, and what you, what you've taken on. Like I, I have so much respect for your courage. I have so much respect for your level of resiliency. Um, and I, I just, I'm in complete awe of you. I, I just, I, I gotta tell you, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've often talked to athletes about visualization. And, and one of the things that I bring up, which always raises their eyebrow when I first bring this up is, you know, when, when we do visualization, you know, 99% of people will look for the perfect scenario, whether it's the perfect hit, the perfect catch, the perfect throw, the perfect save, kick, whatever the heck it may be. And, and I often ask, you know, groups, how many people take the time to visualize things going bad? And I'm wondering, did you ever take the time to visualize things going bad for you I never did man I never wanted to put that into my mind space but I think uh, I could see how there could be benefit from just um, you know being able to like emotionally be with it you know when it yeah. when it did happen if it did happen but um, no I, I kind of always tried to focus on like what do I what do I want to happen, you know? Well, in, in, in one of the reasons I bring this up to you, Nick, is it was interesting because I saw this, and I, I don't know if you've seen this yet, this HBO documentary that was on recently, and it's looking at uh, like the life and career of like Kelly Slater. And one of the things that he does, which in some way you did training, is he does training for when things go bad. And, and he's got this guy that works with him who's a very famous uh, surfer himself, but now does this form of training when things go bad. And, and it's all about what you described earlier about that horrific moment that you went through where you had to pull your emergency jacket and, and time it. Mm -hmm. And I think about the calmness, the presence of mind the the ability to stay in the moment and not panic and still be able to assess the situation that you're literally under <laughs> you are underwater yeah. I, i'm just amazed with you buddy for being able to stay in that moment holy shit <laughs> like where does that come uh, from oh uh, thanks man yeah it, it, you know i i I think I just realized the severity of the situation. You know, I mean, it's not, 
I, I had obviously been in that scenario before, just not of that same caliber uh, and of same consequence. So, you know, I've been surfing my whole life and I understand that, you know, you come up, you got to get a breath because there's most definitely another wave behind it. And, you know, it was just everything uh, sort of leading up to, you know, I talked about earlier, the apex moment. I mean, that, that really was an apex moment. Like I, I, I had a vision that I could die right here for sure. Like this is no joke. There's a 70 foot wave that is literally breaking 20 yards in front of me. Um, but, you know, I just, you, you can't think like that. I, I, you know, I just, I know that all that I can do is get oxygen right now and try to calm my heart rate. And so that's really what I tried to do. You know, it's like really was like one or two big breaths and just trying to like, like slow the heart rate, really. That's all that I could do. And, uh, you know, that's, what I did man and that's that's what I would do in the gym is um, you know I do this elliptical bike training where I would do sprints um, while holding my breath and then I would take a a uh, in between like 20 second pause where I was allowing myself to breathe and then back to holding my breath at full speed and then back to a pause and then holding my breath so like being able to regulate the heart rate uh, and 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 slow it when you needed it that was that all you know right there for that moment i love what you're saying i mean and and this is why we've had some incredible conversations you and i like like the stuff that you've just shared is so high level and and we talk about adversity training that special forces does adversity training and resiliency training that you know navy seals do where they're, they're matching uh, an overwhelming stress on the body that's immediately met with a cognitive uh, question put, put before them, a decision that has to be made, an assessment mm-hmm. that has to be made. Mm-hmm. And, and that ability to apply insight, uh, a sense of, of regulation between moment and, and mindset is so huge. And, and, and I'm, I'm beyond curious to know now, as a professional in, in the world of finance, graduate of San Diego State University, how much of this, you know, training are you using in your vocation, your career today? Oh, man. Um, the finance is, uh, so, you know, I'm an essentially an intraday futures trader. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what that is, is heavy leverage, um, you know, making very sharp calculated decisions. Um, but what comes into, it's been a, the biggest thing that I've really had to work on is you get a lot of emotions that come into, um, into this type of profession. So it's definitely, there's a lot of, uh, similarities that I draw and a lot of the same mental training that I do from my surfing stuff. But uh, the biggest thing that I've really had to work on is my emotions of, uh, you know, fear of failure, fear of loss of money, you know, all these things, which don't necessarily, uh, you don't have to deal with them with, with the big wave surfing stuff. But, you know, it's just having the, the mental control uh, to identify uh, you know, these, these things happening, whether it's surfing and, and fear of, of the conditions or, uh, you know, trading and the fear and the emotion of, of losing money. Um, you know, it's just being able to mentally sort of regulate that emotion and, and separate yourself from it. So that's, that's been the biggest thing, but I still meditate daily and, you know, do a lot of the same mental training. Oh, I love it. You, you, you have no idea how amazing you are for our people listening to, to you today. You know, one of the things that we discuss in, in our program with Headset Sports is the, the aspect of regulation. And, and it's that ability to speed up yet slow down. That ability to be in the eye mm-hmm. of the tornado, being able to regulate all the information coming at you, 
and in that Mr. Miyagi kind of way, a la Karate Kid, be able to come up with a sound, solid response that's accurate and works. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. you're, you've demonstrated that I don't know how many thousands of times, I'm sure, in, in your athletic career. And now you're doing it in your career career. And I just think it's amazing how you, you've crossed these things over. Um, you know, for, for people watching or listening, sorry, I always forget that. Thank God no one can see me. Um, you have a great website, <laughs> nickvon.com. Yeah, like I, I definitely have the face for radio. And uh, for any people who are listening, <laughs> nickvon, N-I-C-V-A-U-G-H-A-N.com. Great, great points people who are in the surfing world to look at admire and and some great information to share with 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 our people today i can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us um i I could talk to you for days and days and days and i'm so looking forward to us getting together and 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 doing this face to face um again thank you so much nick for making the time to to chew the fat with us today i really appreciate it Oh, thank you, Jay. It's uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to talk to uh, a master by training. So, uh, you know, you've you've given me some great insight, uh, you know, on conversations that we've had outside of this. So, I thank you, and uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to meeting in person as well. So, so Nick, I, I'm going to have to tell you an embarrassing story, right? And and remind me when we get together um, about my first big wave in Hawaii. And, and I, I, I'm going to be intimidating. Don't worry. We'll, we'll have coffee, nothing too, too serious of a drink when I share this with you, because I'm sure it's going to intimidate you a lot and um, you'll probably lose (laughs) all sense of athletic respect for me (laughs) when I, when I see you. So I'm so excited to share that with you. And I'm saying that to you now because I probably will forget and, and, Please hold me to my big surfing story in Hawaii. So, um, again, buddy, thank you so much for today. And, and I'm sending you a long-distance hug. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat with us today. All right, Jay, you're the man. Thanks so much. Take care. <laughs>